Blog Talk Radio. I'm Peppa Pig. This is my little brother George. This is Mommy Pig. And this is Daddy Pig. Peppa Pig. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is the Alliance Guys podcast with Fight Nation's Billy Wood. This is the um, the episode we were supposed to have yesterday. And uh, now that I'm happy to to have you on, Mr. Billy Wood, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, um, Jay. And um, firstly, I'd love to apologize for yesterday. <laughs> Let's just say I fell asleep um, due to the time difference. Um, that won't happen now. I, I, I can guarantee that, that's for sure. <laughs> well, and, and for anyone who's listening to this, obviously, uh, Mr. Wood does reside in the UK, and I'm here on the uh, Southern California of the United States. So our time difference is eight hours. So uh, I want to tip my hat to you, Mr. Wood, for staying up. Uh, well into the wee hours. I know it's midnight over there. It's 4 p.m. over here. So uh, thank you for joining us. Um, again, this is a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com, your home for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance, as well as the United Wrestling Network. And, uh, again, we have a message board, so make sure you come and join it, check it out, and see what we're all talking about. And that's, in fact, how we met, Billy, is through uh, the message board on the website. Um, um, Tell us a little bit about sure. your uh, your background in wrestling. Wow. Well, where should we start? Um, you know. So what? You know. What got me in? Well, what kind of got me into the biz? What made me want to get into the biz? Um, well, you know, I, I guess like every single person, that's well, ninety nine percent of people in wrestling are in wrestling because ultimately they were a fan. Um, if you're not a fan of it, it's very tough to. To, to be in the business or, or love the business and, you know, want to su- succeed in the business. So that's what originally got me into it. Obviously being a huge, huge wrestling fan. Um, even though I'm here in Britain at the time when I become a fan, you know, the American wrestling scene was, was very, very dominant. So the likes of the WWF and WCW um, played a massive part on my, um, my learning curve of wrestling, I guess, as a fa- on a fan's perspective. Then, in the late 90s, um, I saw an ad in um, a magazine called Power Slam um, for a wrestling school by the name of NWA Hammerlock, um, which was about, I don't know, three, four hours away from my house. So I managed to bug a friend um, to get his dad to take us. So um, his dad would drive us up there on a Sunday and we would go wrestling training. Now, unfortunately, my appetite was a lot more, you know, a lot more advanced than my friends and he didn't want to do it for much longer. So my access to that dropped off in the year 2000 um, and in all honesty, I kind of slipped away from that side of wrestling and went back to being a fan and went back to my studies. And then um, what really got me into it was in 2008, I believe it was 2008, when I met a wrestler in the UK called Stu Allen. He goes by the name of the Dominator. And he ran a wrestling promotion called Extreme World Warfare. Um, from like, I believe it was from like 98, 99, sporadically in Oxford, in Oxfordshire, which is in just, just, just north of London. 
uh, northwest of London, just to give you an idea of where it is in the UK. And he moved um, to where where I was living at the time, and we we hit it off. Um, and you know, he taught me a lot about the the business side of wrestling. Um, and my my side of it was, you know, I'm very much a I know I'm a very much a marketing guy, I'm a business guy. I understand how to run businesses, how to you know make businesses profitable. Um, Stu was the wrestling guy, so we decided to come together, um, and I started running the day-to-day business of EWW and changing the marketing of that. In fact, even changing the name, changed it from Extreme World Warfare to Extreme World Wrestling, um, and we started running shows in the south of England. Uh, first show that I ran. Um, yeah, it did a great house. It's, you know, we did 350 people, I think, for the first show. When I'm, okay. I'm told many shows, um, you know, you barely get 30, 40 people at at that time. In 2008, 2009, the British scene wasn't what it was today. Um, there wasn't many, many great houses across the UK. It was very hard to draw. Um, you know, and 50 to 100 people was was considered successful then. So for us to draw 350 people on the first show that I technically ran, you know, it kind of moved us up the up the the rungs quite quickly. So I continued doing that with with um, Stu for a few years. You know, we had people like Johnny Storm, Marty Skull in his very early years, um, Andy Boy Simmons, um, Jody Fleisch, a lot of the guys that were part of the the British scene in 2000 to 2010 working for us. But then after after I would say to end of 2010-2011, I got a little bit jaded um, by the partnership. Um, I've got nothing but good things to say, say about Stu, but I just felt it was a little bit um, flop-sided, the agreement, and um, I decided to take a hiatus to focus on my other areas of business, which is music. Um, I stepped away, um, which was tough to do because once you get bitten by the business, you always want to be around the business. And um, so, yeah, I stepped away until um, I started Fight Nation, which actually started behind the scenes in 2014. So I had a good three to three to four years out before that kicked in. So uh, I guess uh, when uh, people on the message board wanted to uh, ask about your uh, dues and how you paid dues, I guess you do have <laughs> yeah. a repertoire and a list of uh, achievements that you already have uh, long before Fight Nation even came into an existence. Yes, indeed. But, you know, I'm not going to bite it write those type of comments too much you know uh, I guess everyone's got their agendas and um, yeah you know people can say what they want about me people a lot of people will, will think Fight Nation is the first thing I've done in wrestling um, right. a lot of, you know, and people outside of wrestling may not even know that I'm in wrestling because I do keep my businesses as businesses you know I don't it's not Billy Wood presents Fight Nation it's not Billy Wood is the on-screen character. Billy Wood is the ring announcer. Billy Wood is the referee. Billy Wood is in the main storyline. I am, I am, so insignificant to what Fight Nation is, uh, in the sense of the on-screen um, presentation that we bring. So, you know, if you don't know me, you won't know who I am and what I've done, because I am a very private person when it comes to that. 
So are you telling me then that uh, you don't appear on your shows in a sequin jacket challenging the wrestlers to fight? <laughs> not yet. Let's see not how yet. crazy I get. Um, no, um, no, no, that's not me. Works. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't want to do, um, do anything like that. That's not for me at all. <laughs> so <laughs> you've got your pulse, uh, you've got your finger on the pulse, I should say, of uh, wrestling in the wrestling U.K., Mm-hmm. Uh, with the uh, recent WWE UK tournament. By the way, what did you think of that tournament? I know you had a few uh, gentlemen who uh, compete in your promotion that were working out as well. What did you think of the overall presentation? And did you enjoy it? Um, well, I have to say this. The WWE got the UK presentation nailed on perfectly. You know, the venue that they chose, the way the production was set up in there, um, the size of the crowd, everything was was spot on. So I have to tip my hat to WWE for that, um, and that's to be expected when you've got people like you know Finley and William Regal behind the scenes, you know, looking at this project. They're gonna know what works over here and what what can you know tip the hat to the past, but still be current and present. So I was I was incredibly impressed. Um, I went to the the second night as well. Um, See the guy, see some of my guys in action, which was fantastic to see. Um, and yeah, I was I was really really made up with with the with the tournament and the um, the light hits um, shining on the British talent. And uh, tell me about like seeing your guys in that ring. Uh, you know, it, it's not the WWE, but it is the WWE. Yeah, and, sure. And, and these guys, you know, these are guys that you, you know, you booked, you put time, effort, and energy into, and now you're seeing them uh, take that next step um, on a global basis because that, you know, that network is seen by a global audience. So, you know, as a promoter, how does that make you feel? And then, I mean, I'm sure you're closer to your guys. How did you, how did you feel about that? Well, on a personal level, it's great to see. They're both great guys. You know, Mark, for example, um, He's obviously been at TNA. He's 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 done the rounds. He's you know an established guy, should I say? But you know he, for example, being been in that tournament for him has just taken him up a level. It's it's massively taken him up a level, and he excelled in it. That's for sure. You know, seeing Joe, you know Joseph Connors, also you know on that same stage is great. Joe's um Joe's not just you know, one of the most exciting wrestlers here in the UK at the moment. But Joey is actually an absolute gentleman and an honour to have in a dressing room. You know, um I've never seen someone want to do so much for a promotion that Joe's done. You know, he when he first came to, to work for us, you know, don't get me wrong, he lives you know, a lot of the guys that we use, you know, they they don't live twenty five minutes around the corner. They travel, you know, a lot of these guys travel four to four to six to seven hours across the country to, to get to my shows. Um and, you know, Joe leaving our first show was was quick online to pull over the promotion about how we how we look after our talent and how we looked after him. And for me, that's just a, an absolute sign of, of of you know, of someone showing one respect but they've got class. So to see those guys get that opportunity was was fantastic. It was even better actually seeing those both both those guys face each other in a match that we did only a couple of months before. So that was quite nice too. And uh, that's you guys crowned your champion 
with that uh, with, with that matchup between those two, correct? That was the semi-final, uh, which had the same oh, okay. as well. Um, so yeah, it was quite it was quite funny watching watching those guys because in fact the first, that match, Mark Andrews versus Joseph Connors at Fight Nation, was the first time those guys have ever met. So in the WWE ring, it was only their second time going at it, which was which was pretty um, pretty interesting to watch. That's for sure. How about now? Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. I lost you for a sec. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm sitting there talking <laughs> away, and I'm like, wait, I, I don't hear myself. Uh, we used to have a promotion out here in Southern California called Revolution Pro, uh, not affiliated with the Revolution Pro out in the United Kingdom. Uh, but what we had was something very special and unique. A lot of talent who would uh, face off each uh, against each other in the same ring. So um, a lot of people would always say, like, you know, Super Dragon has a great match because Super Dragon trains with these guys day in and day out. Uh, so it really says something about a guy, two guys who've only faced each other once and put on that level, that level of a match, of match during the WWE UK, UK uh, tournament. Oh, that's for sure. Oh, no, completely, completely. And, you know, just going back to the to- tournament in, in general, it was nice seeing that, you know, stories were being told in the ring because we, you know, it's cr- heavily criticised in this day and age that the younger guys don't know how to tell stories. And in honesty, I think that's crap. Um, you know, it, yeah, things have changed. Wrestling has changed. You know, the scene has moved on. It's evolved. It is what it is. But, you know, seeing how there wasn't loads of backstage vignettes, there was no, there wasn't loads and loads of storylines outside the ring being told through interviews and promos. There was so much character development in the tournament, and it was it was really nice to see it be done by the UK guys. Right. So, I guess we'll use that as a segue to talk more about uh, more about Fight Nation. Obviously, uh, we've got a few big cards coming up here, and you're heading out to the United States soon. But let's talk mm-hmm. about what's happening um, with the you know with with Fight Nation itself, I mean, when uh, I first learned of Fight Nation, you guys were joining the NWA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, we uh, did. That that was uh, very short-lived. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, well, I might as well start right how Fight Nation came together. So everyone has Marty Skrull and Jimmy Havoc to blame for Fight Nation happening um, because we um, we met up for, for me and Marty were meeting up for dinner, and he was with Jimmy, so we you know, we went up for dinner. And this was when I was getting the itch to get back in. And, you know, I was like, guys, you know, I see what's going on. It feels like we're, we're, we're touching on a, a boom period. And my was like, you should do it. You should get back in. You should get back in. You should do this. You should do this. And I was like, mm, I don't know. You know, I've, have I got enough time for it? You know, you, you've got to put a lot of time in to get anything out in wrestling. Is it worth it? He's like, oh, bro, trust me. If you do this, you, you know, you'll do great. So I did. Um, so Fight Nation officially launched online at the start of 2015 um, and I kind of felt that going back into promoting again and this time being a completely different person to the one that was in it last time you know, I, you know a lot more you know a lot more mature in the sense that I had grown up I had a lot of success in music I was a different person so I myself that hey why not surround yourself with promoters that you know want to grow too you know 
So I looked at the NWA, I reached out to Bruce, and I, I pitched to join the NWA. Um, Bruce was very, very receptive based on my ideas versus my history. He didn't know my history, he didn't know anything about my past, but just liked the idea of what Fight Nation was. Um, so then I joined, I officially joined the NWA, I believe March 2015, something like that. Um, and I thought, great, you know, around promoters that want to be, you know, you know want to collaborate, because that's what I'm about. I love collaborating with people, you know. Easy, I thought easing myself back in with people around me, bouncing ideas off people, you know, coming up with concepts, finding out what works in their markets, like really, really kind of, you know, pulling resources together. That's what I thought it was going to be. For the most part, it wasn't that. You know, don't get me wrong. People like Tony, Tony Givens was great. He was super, super helpful, you know, as much as he wanted to be. Um, Robert Langton, once again, Robert and Terry, who was Texoma, I believe aren't NWA promoters anymore. Um, and And a few others. In fact, everyone was very receptive to me. A few that I kind of bounced ideas off. Others, you, you could see they they had no aspirations really to to grow, regardless of what they said. Um, and that's not knocking anyone that's in the NWA now or gone. I'm not going to name names, but at the same time, it was very clear where I wanted to go and where I was inspiring to go. I couldn't, I couldn't, and it wasn't possible to take everyone on that journey. If you know what I mean. Right. Right. So, um, right. So yeah, you know, I was in the NWA for a bit. You know, I shared my production ideas. I, you know, I created T-shirt ideas for them. You know, in fact, the NWA T-shirt with history, tradition, respect, the future on the back is my designer actually designed that for the NWA. So, you know, they can have that one for free. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I really wanted to collaborate, and I really kind of put myself forward in that sense, and would talk on. You know, would talk online to the promoters a lot and and be open and be honest. And you know, sometimes my honesty, um, sometimes with honesty, you know, you do have disagreements. And I, I would, we would have, I would have disagreements with people like you know, for example, James Beard, who I have nothing but respect for. You know, we would disagree on certain things, but then when we circle it around, where we're both coming from wasn't very far apart, if you know what I mean. We both had right. the real, you know, the, roughly the same. Well, we both had the same values, just from different eras. Um, so we just had a different, in, you know, a, a slight different take on what works. But you know, I just put that down to, you know, time, time, I, um, you know, times, you know, time. Sorry, what's the word for that? You know, eras. I guess different time eras. Right. You know, right. he, grew, right. you know, right. when he grew up in wrestling, and and he went through that absolute, you know. The amazing period of you know when the NWA was was large going into like the early nineties, like his career spans decades. Mine doesn't, and I respect I respect him for that, and I respect what my boundaries may be based on my certain limitation of the business at the time. Um, but yeah, it just it just felt there was a little bit of lack of over communication within the NWA. However. I was incredibly, incredibly communicative with, with Bruce. We would talk every day. So, I, I talk, you know, we literally, yeah, we talked every day from when, pretty much from when I joined. 
near, you know, kind of like a month before I left, um, uh, which, um, you know, which, you know, I tried to drum in about how it, ne- how it needed to be taken. And, you know, he certainly, he certainly did, was, you know, he seemed receptive, but just nothing ever happened. And that was always my kind of frustration. Right. And it seems like um, as an outsider looking in, uh, that seems to be kind of the problem with the NWA. There's, you hear a lot of good ideas and a lot of good intentions, but uh, rarely is the execution there. Now, um, did you also help the NWA uh, replace the uh, NWA championships? I mean, did you yeah, have a hand in yeah. that? Yes, I did with um, Leather Rebels, which is Peter Ellis, who now is, the, is a WWE belt maker. Um, he recently mm-hmm. had the Cruiserweight title for the WWE. Um, Peter's an incredible, incredible guy. And at that time in his career, he wanted to make noise. So he was willing to do, to go, you know, go further than most to get his name out there. So we, we, we did a deal for him to redesign most of the, well, redesign all the belts apart from obviously the Dome Globe. But kind of give that a new kind of new spin for for the you know for the the the, the now as such. So yeah, we did that deal end of 2015. So I went to the meetings, I sat down, went went through it with him, agreed, you know what he would provide. I agreed that, uh, him to do you know with him to do the the high end replicas, you know for the belt maker, you know the belt collector level of right. of, of, of replicas. Um, and the split that would, would go to the NWA, um, which you know was fair, fair for both parties, and could bring some extra additional income that the NWA would definitely, definitely always need. Um, that deal was done. Peter was happy with that. Bruce was extremely happy with that. And the belts, you know, maybe I'm biased, but I was, I was incredibly, incredibly impressed with them. Um, not just the designs, but you know, the level that went into them. And that that shows, you know, Pete went on to then make he made the Jim Ross belt. That was him. That was his idea. He made that for um, Jim's NWA Hall of Fame induction. It was completely his uh-huh. idea. He made it for free because he thought, you know, he's a smart kid. Give Jim Ross a belt. Jim Ross will plug him. Um, it was a business decision, that's for sure. And then he goes on, and he's now the WWE belt maker. So, right. nothing but respect for Peter for his um, achievements. In fact, he's done both Fight Nation belts as well. So he's done our British title, and he's also just done our new new championship, which we're unveiling in February. Well, we've unveiled it, but someone will be crowned the first champion of the Z Force division in February. Now the Z Force, and you know us us Yanks over here, we call it the Z Force. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What what does the Z Force division entail? I mean, I guess I'm kind of a naive to it. Is this is this something like the X division, or is this something completely uh, different? Kind of. Um, it kind of leans on obviously you know, the Generation X, Generation Y, the next generation is Generation Z. So this this title is symbolizes the the hot new, the hot young talent coming through the UK. So, you know, a Marty Skrull or Will Ospreay wouldn't be in the in the Z Force division as such. You know, they're main event guys. So this is a chance for the younger, younger new style, new British style guys to make a name for themselves within Fire Nation. 
And you're crowning that in on next card in February, correct? Yes, the we're we've got the the it's an eight man tournament, so we've got the first rounds going over the first two nights, so two matches per night. And then the Sunday, which is down in Weymouth, we have the semifinals in the final. And when is that show? What what's the date on that? Well, the weekend runs from the tenth of February to the twelfth. Um so the final will be on the twelfth. Yes, indeed, yes. So we're just wrapping up all the um, production plans for that weekend at the moment. We just we, you know, in the office today, we just were going through exactly exactly what's what's happening production wise, um, locking all our plans to make sure it's gonna be a great weekend for everyone, that's for sure. And it seems like uh you guys aren't pulling any punches. I know that uh, uh direct from Lucha Underground, PJ Black, also uh, you know, former WWE talent, he'll be he'll be challenging Mark Andrews that weekend for that British championship. Yeah, for sure. Well well PJ's got some great matches lined up. So first night it's actually PJ versus Timothy Thatcher, which I think is gonna be oh, a wow. fantastic a, a fantastic clash of styles and it's also a first time ever. That then those right. two have fought in singles, com- in, in singles competition. Then night two, yet yeah, PJ and Mark, which should be an incredible flying contest. Then on the third night, PJ is facing Chris Ridgway. Now Chris Ridgway is a man that in America you you won't you won't know yet, but Chris is a strong style technical wrestler who is going to have his huge breakout year in 2017 in the UK. He's someone you should check out. I'm looking forward to it. You had me at Tim Thatcher. I'm a huge Tim Thatcher uh, fan from his days at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood as part of the United Tag Team Champions. And then I've also seen him on uh, various other cards. Uh, He had a great feud with uh, Brian Cage uh, in Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. I want to say that was like in 2012. Uh, Hell of a talent. And uh, he's a great addition to any card. And, Adding him with uh, PJ Black, that sounds like a, a dream match in the making. Well, that show, we've only actually got, as of now, we've got six tickets left for that show. So that show <laughs> will sell out. Yeah. Um, it's um, it's a hot card, that's for sure. And these are all being taped, right? I mean, the, these matches are being taped for consumption at some later time. Um, these will be these are all tapes, yeah. They will be available on demand as individual shows. And um, this is these these dates aren't for our weekly series. So we finished our Wednesday night Wednesday night wrestling series last November, leading into our end of the year show, starting our, our regular weekly series. It's likely to be in March. The reason for the delay is we've actually been discussing two deals with two different um, distribution companies. Um, too well known in wrestling distribution companies. Um, so we want to make sure we don't, you know, you know, bite our nose to, you know, bite our nose to, cut off our nose to spite our face, should I say, which means, you know, we don't want to run, you know, run before we walked with it. We tested out the first season. It did incredibly well for us. It showed that we could produce weekly television. It showed that we have, to, we still have things that we need to iron out. Um, but it also showed that there was an appetite for it. And um, based on the two conversations that we're having right now, it's either we're going to go weekly with, you know, eye pay-per-views on one, or we're going to do um, a set of super shows with the other. Um, I could say the names, but I'm sure you can guess based on 
some of the talks that are going on in wrestling right now. Um, and hopefully we have something to announce within the next 10 to 14 days. So you're not going to give us any names about uh, the bad parts of the NWA. You're not going to give us the names of the production companies you guys are talking to. You're holding out on us, Billy. <laughs> I, you know, I, I can tell you more about the NWA if you want to go back into that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's let's keep going about Fight Nation. Um, okay. You know, I, I hate beating dead horses. Uh, but the <laughs> Wednesday Night Wrestling, that is still the um, – the previous episodes are still available online, or at least a few of the episodes are. I guess the all um, sixteen, all sixteen, is still available on YouTube and our YouTube channel. Okay, I'm on your Fight Nation website right now, FightNationOnline.com, mm-hmm. and it looks like there's like uh, maybe ten episodes of the Wednesday Night Wrestling. On the on the website, yes. If you go to the YouTube channel, you'll see the C sixteen episodes. Okay. Um, oh, right. if you, you, can, you can literally click on one of those links and it'll take you to the YouTube channel. And they're all available. Um, we regularly, you know, what we did is, you know, you know we pride ourselves on, on professionalism when it comes to how things look. So if you look at the graphics, if you look how we presented Wednesday Night Wrestling, we want to make, you know, we want to make sure that you feel like you're, you're investing into something worthwhile. You know, I'm a big infuriates me that we can be in 2017 and people still provide shitty graphics it's the most (laughs) frustrating thing of all it's it's do you know what it is it's lazy it's not money it's lazy i think the shitty graphics uh one of my pet peeves is the poor lighting but then also like there's some people who are still filming matches on high video cassettes in they're not recording in, in HD, and I get it. Like, hey, we're all trying to cut corners. We're all trying to save money. If you're promoting a wrestling event, you're probably not making a ton of money anyways. But if you're not investing in your product, in your talent, then you're really doing a disservice not only to your promotion, but to the people who are paying good money to, to you know, go to those events. And, you know, they want to watch those shows, whether it be on online via YouTube or a streaming service or like, a, you know, like a Vimeo or even like a Facebook Live. If it looks poor, you, you know, that's the perception. And unfortunately, we live in a world where perception is reality. You have the best talent in the world, but if it looks like shit, you know, it's shit. I hate to say well, let's it. Be f- yeah, of, of course. Let's be fair. If you if you were given a link to a wrestling show and it comes on and you watch it and it's just the hard cam, how long are you going to be watching that for? Not very long at all. Of course you're not. Even these days, one hard cam and a you know one ringside. Even right. then, it's in this day and age, it's not enough. You know, maybe we you know maybe we put too much into it. But you know, I look at the bigger picture. You know, we have four, you know we always do you know, we do four cam shoots. Um, with four operators, um, we we spend we just spend a little bit more on production. I think I think that's the one thing that you know I'm looking at. We're not we don't get me wrong. There's many many production um, promotions that are above us. Um, we've got a long way to go. You know this is a this is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, you know, look at for example, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. You know, look at you know, go into go into to see. Um, those guys in action behind the scenes, I realized how far we are behind even with what we've got now. Um, and that's massive credit to David and his team there because they have 
they're really starting to polish off something good down there. You know, um, I say down there, it's over over <laughs> ten ten hours on a flight from me. But you know, <laughs> you know, he really is, and you know, and I don't want to blow too much smoke up David's ass. I'm, pro- I'm sure many will, will do that, or many will disagree with me. But at the same time, you know, I'm a big believer that you can learn from people. I I, I am not sitting here saying that I'm the be all and end all of wrestling, and I know better than everyone. You know, I'm still, you know, I'm still at the point where you still have to learn from people. You know, when you stop learning, that's it, you're done. And um, if right. someone's better than me at a job, hell, I'd rather employ them to do the job. You know, owning 100% of something, that means nothing, it's still nothing. But being right. invested with the right people, you can make a hell of a lot more money, that's for sure. Now, when you were, because I, I knew you did come out here to Southern California, you were at a championship wrestling from Hollywood taping. Were you lucky enough to get behind the scenes and, and watch the actual uh, directing uh, when Dave was literally in the director's chair calling the cameras and everything else? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's an art form. Uh, you know, I have been privy enough to be in the locker room, be behind the scenes for championship wrestling from Hollywood. Dave and I go back uh, quite a few years and just to see him in his natural state, like forget wrestling, just watching Dave calling the cameras, getting that shot, almost anticipating what's going to happen before it happens. It's honestly art. And you know, if Dave ever listens to this, probably doesn't because you know, that's Dave, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) well, he's waiting for you to say something you're not supposed to. And then he'll he'll call me up and yell at me about it. But uh, no, it's 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 fun. Like I almost enjoyed watching him call the action as much as I liked watching the action happening in the ring. And it's certainly, it, you know, learning as much as I have about wrestling. And again, I don't know it all either. I'm certainly not anywhere near uh, total comprehension of what I'm seeing when I'm seeing it. But uh, you know, you always hear about the. Once you become an insider, it's like uh, being in a sausage factory. You don't, you know, you don't want to know how the sausage is made. You just want to eat it. But uh, in some aspects, watching the production, watching the behind the scenes, uh, and seeing such a professional organization putting their, um, you know, their best foot forward, it really is quite entertaining to watch in a completely different uh, way than than watching professional wrestling. But um, sorry, no, I, sure. I, you know, no, no, I, no, I just was so blown away by by uh, Dave's uh, production when, when he was calling those camera shots. And I know uh, in Arizona, he's had other guys do it. And I know, I think he's had other guys do it in Hollywood from time to time, but just to see how flawless it seems to him, uh, you know, hearing him cracking jokes while he's doing it, it's just, it's amazing. And, and again, uh, you know, hats off to Dave and championship wrestling from Hollywood because of that, uh, you know, great production value. I agree. I agree. You know, watching watching Dave, you know, camera one, camera one, camera one, go in, zoom, yeah. zoom, zoom, camera two. Oh, camera one, come out, come out, get a shot. No, camera three, camera three, back to four, four, three. Four. It was, it's, it's great. It is an art because you have to be on the ball. But, you know, the thing about Dave is, well, he doesn't like to be called Dave too much, but the thing about David is, um, he, um, with regards to production, he is very, very, very well educated in it and you know experienced in it and right people can say what they want about him on a personal level hey yeah, people some people don't like they um like don't like david marquez some people love him 
but you can't take away his experience and his knowledge and his know-how. You know, sitting in that room, first time I did, was intimidating because I was thinking, fuck, right. Right. shit, we are miles behind the game. We are miles, yeah, you know. <laughs> and you have to be honest with yourself like that, you know. Right, absolutely. Um, you know, even when I was in the NWA, I went to a chat, I went, I drove, I was in LA, I drove out, I drove out to, to oh, fuck, where was it? What's the place called again? Uh, uh, Ocean View Pavilion out in Port. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> but I, I drove all the way out there on my own to go and check out how he tapes a show and watching it from the, watching it from the stands. So I did that, and even that in itself was an experience enough to you know I, I reached out reached out to to David. Um, I was in the NWA at the time, and you know mm-hmm. when I told when I told Bruce I went there. I don't think he was too best pleased, but sure. you know, at the same time, you know, like I said to him at the time, if we want to improve the NWA, we have to have knowledge. We have to learn that know-how, and we have to be, you know, honest enough to know that we're mar- we're not in the game right now. And that was my thing when I went over to Texas. That was my my biggest thing was we aren't in the game. We need to get in the game. Kind of, uh, since you brought it back to Bruce and the NWA, um, I know you had a lot of conversations with uh, the brand, the owner, and uh, mm-hmm. everything in between. There was even talks you were looking to acquire the NWA. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, I kind of did put a little bit of a – I got a bit frustrated by, a post, uh, by, by something I saw about a big NWA event in, in Atlanta. And it and it made me jump on the board and kind of spill my story, which I'll go into shortly um, with regards to the to the unbelievable about amount of people that reached out within after I put that out there. You'll be very surprised. But going back to the start, you know, I went to meet meet Bruce, James Beard, um, Dan Murphy from Pro Wrestling Illustrated was there as well, um, plus a few other guys um, to talk about you know, the future of the NWA. So I flew into Texas from LA where I was, st- no, I think I flew from San Diego at that time. I was in San Diego for a meeting. So I flew in um, to, to see, see the team and we had a meeting. It, it, yeah, it was, it was kind of frustrating in a way, you know, I kind of outlined, outlined, you know, looking at everyone, all the, comp- all the main competitors, looking at the market share, looking at, social media numbers for the NWA where we're at compared to everyone else, you know, the output, everything. I laid it out that we were miles off the game and we needed to change a lot of the infrastructure to get us back in the game. I talked to, you know, I, I, I had an 18 month plan, which seems to go down incredibly well. We went off on a tangent a few times. There was some silly ideas that were thrown around in the room, which all comes down to booking and, you know, what you know TV should be, which, it's the furthest thought from me. Get your business, get your foundation straight, and then you can build. With shitty foundations, doesn't matter what you build on it, people aren't going to take a notice. It's going to crumble. So right. we we had that meeting, and at that point, it wasn't for me to outright buy Bruce out. You know, I on a personal level, I never ever had a problem with Bruce. I just had frustrations with Bruce about sometimes, you know, about his his sporadic behaviour with 
we'll, we'll do this tomorrow or we'll do this now or oh my god we're going to do this now and it, it just never felt cohesive so I offered my my help to make it because cohesive you know by his own emissions he's not a businessman you know like he's not a great businessman but he has he has a deep passion for the, he does have a deep passion for wrestling and I you know I admire that so I wanted to give him the you know, give him the kind of resources and structure that I can bring and also the financial resources, you know, pump money in, we work out a split on profit share. It was a big risk for me. I wasn't looking to buy at the time. I was just looking to help and, you know, grow it. And the idea was that I was going to be the CEO to Bruce's president. Now, whatever happened, I don't know, but we left that meeting with it pretty much agreed within a week. Whether he bottled it, whether this guy Dennis, the, the the financial guy who only met Bruce for for a hot chocolate, pretty much, he wasn't around for that long, um, vetoed it. Something happened; it, it didn't go ahead. Probably didn't help that I landed back in LA on the Saturday night and went to the Championship Wrestling from Hollywood on the Sunday. But you know, it just something didn't feel right after that. So I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Look, it's it's fine. I can still stay as a as an NWA promotion, not a problem. Then we had a, um, Parade of Champions, which was coming up, and I was just like, guys, you know, you're going into Texas. You need to make a splash. You need to, you know, you need people to be hooked in to to what you're doing. And so, you know, and let's let's be real. I know back on the forum, there's a certain guy that talks about names should be the champion and stuff like that. Now, I don't <laughs> I don't believe into that philosophy fully. But I also believe that you need to get eyes on the product. And right. if if wrestler A versus wrestler B that have no presence out there or very limited presence are, are, are your top guys, then you're always going to be regional. You're not going to be national. You're not going to be world. So the notion of a world championship or not, it doesn't really exist, if you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. I, did, I, I, you know, I, do, I do believe that you need need guys on top that are going to get eyes on your product whether that's visible with the current nwa based on financial financial situation probably not um but a a good working business it should be so you know at a a time this was before marty scale was ring of in he's the current ring of honor television champion before he you know before he won um you know, the Battle of Los Angeles last year. This is before that. He was still our British champion. I was like, do you know what, Bruce? Maybe you should make him your junior champion and I'll get him to defend it everywhere. So everywhere he goes, he'd be the NWA World Junior Champion. He'd be great for the belt. Great idea, great idea. Everyone loved the idea. It never happened, you know. And it was another thing that was a bit of a bugbear. It didn't bother me. I don't, I'm not, you know having a champion is one thing, but for me, it was, it was going to help the NWA. That's why it bothered me. It didn't bother me because Marty was my guy because he's not just my guy. He's, he's a world recognized wrestler. Right. It, it was the fact that I knew that having him in a position would help the NWA, which will help all the promotions and then would help me. You know what I mean? You know, it's not on, it's, uh-huh. it's dominoes. Um, I really believed in the philosophy of helping the NWA. So the parade of champions is coming around and David Fuller, um, you know, who came in at the time to pretty much do that for the NWA. That's why he became an affiliate. Um, you know, I was like, look, I will help. Um, but I run a business, right? So I like to see 
you know, profit and loss sheets. I like to know what's, you know, what's being spent. I need to see the the whole thing to work out what our our break even number is. You know, I'm you know I'm not just a oh let's just book that or let's just book that. That would be great. It's got to it's got to work numbers wise. You know, and, and and at Fight Nation we we really really push that. You know, hey, there might be a show that we do take a loss, but we look at it as hey, if we take a loss on that because we've got X, Y, and Z, how many on demands will we sell? How many DVDs will we sell? We look at things strategically, but with this, I wanted to see it and I wanted to know what the marketing plan was. And at the time, David took that very offense. He took, he took offense to that, which led to me and him having a little bit of a falling out. And I went to Bruce as the president to sort it. Hey, you're the president. Jump in here and sort this situation out. And he wouldn't. So it was another thing of, you're the fucking president. It's your brand. You should be in control of everything. It's your brand. Anyone putting right. your your letters on anything, you should know what the hell they're doing with it at every given time. You should be structured with everyone and know what the hell's going on. Not just if it suits you, it suits you. That, that doesn't work if you want to make something happen. You've got to be on it full time. So that really annoyed me. I mean, David fell out. And we fell out for a long, long time until, you know, end of last year, you know, when I reached out to him because I knew he was going through some hardship with his father, who unfortunately recently passed away. Um, and, you know, time time's a good healer. But going back to that point, that was another thing that really, really frustrated me. And I just realized that I'm being minimalized because I have ideas. You know, I'm thinking to the future, you know. Marty would have been NWA Junior Champion, done all that great stuff for us, gone on to win, Bola, gone on to win Bola, and then gone on to be, be Ring of Honor TV Champion. And you can go back and go, you know, the NWA Junior Champion is now doing this. Because you're not right. at that level of Ring of Honor. You're not at that level of TNA. You're not at that level of WWE. So you need stories. They can't say that. Right, right now, they can't say that. Okay? It was, it was little bits like that of, of just being a little bit more seeing see trying to see things in the future what's happening and, and what can help the product you know and if you have to use your belts as you know as tools for that then great if if it's not that but it's some sort of deal that you can arrange with i don't know a marketing company a production company great you know it was like the thing with nwa on demand um classics whatever it's called the reason why it's not reaching people is because it's not been marketed no one knows about it Right. It's not a secret that Vince doesn't want anyone to know. It's a secret because no one knows. Because all it's been done has been Facebook plugged. You know? Yeah. So, you know, you can spend as much money as you want building something behind the scenes and, you know, te- on, the te- on the technology side of things. But if you've got no marketing budget, you can't do anything. Right. I could right now, I could right now create a phone that is 20 million times better than the latest iPhone. But if I spend all my money on the te- on on the tech and have zero marketing budget, who's going to know? Apart from me posting my Facebook to my couple of thousand friends that are on there that may see it, you know, it's not going to work. So right. that, those that kind of you know that kind of way of business just you know I guess it rubbed me up the wrong way. I, I saw WrestleMania weekend as a real you know a real launch pad to move NWA into a say new era but you know try and take it into a like a new level you know and I was willing to put a lot of money in now 
I, I decided to leave. Um, there was certain things said why I was leaving, which was bullshit. Um, you know, I wanted all the belts to be in the UK and I wanted to do this. Never, never true. End of the day, you want your champions to be touring. If most of the promotions are in the United States, the champions should be in the United States. Simple right. as that. But at the same time, you need promotions that have got money to pay to bring those guys in. They've got to bring in guys that are going to boost their, boost their gates. Because what's the point otherwise? Um, so, you know, certain things are up and to rest. I was very um, appreciative of all the people that reached out when I did leave. Um, you know, to kind of say, oh, man, I'm sad you're leaving. It was, it was nice. You know, I told them I was very honest. Why? And I left it as that. Then um, then it came round to this NWA Super Super Brawl or Super Brawl Wall, how it was spelt on 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 their um, on demand. So um, this was hyped up as a big, big show in an arena, you know, a big show for the NWA. So I thought, oh, well, you know, maybe they have pulled something off. Maybe it's going to work. And... I think I maybe about two other people actually ever brought the online content and I watched it and I was heartbroken to, you know, to a lesser extent because yeah. yeah, not just because of the content wasn't great. And, you know, this is meant to be a big NWA show where, you know, and, you know, the guys just wasn't, you know, the, the lack of talent, you know, I wouldn't say talent because that's, that's the wrong word to use. But the level of talent was wrong um, on a big show. Like I said, if they want to stay small and regional, fine. But you can't shout these grandos statements if you want to stay that small. You can't talk about it being the greatest wrestling in the world. This is wrestling. Yeah. If you if you if you're not delivering that, so I watched right, it. Right. And I was I was I wasn't ha- I wasn't happy, and um, I decided to put a review up, which you know. Like I said, a lot of people reached out after that review, um, which kind of documented my, my situation in Texas and why I left as well. And, you know, the fact that, you know, I, I, would, I would like to buy the NWA and I would love to, to change things. And, um, yeah, the outpouring inside led me to think, okay, well, maybe I should offer, offer Bruce, make Bruce another offer, which I did. It didn't happen. Um, which, you know, is his prerogative. He owns the brand. Um, he said he had lots of things in the pipeline. Um, so I sat back and, and watched. And I watched for another three months and nothing happened. So I, I used my sources. I checked in what was going on. And um, believed I, got to my, I believed that it was by my sources that was the right time to, once again, make it clear that I was willing to, willing to offer on the NWA. And I genuinely believe I over-offered on the NWA because, no disrespect, but what is it actually worth today? Right, right. Um, don't get me wrong, do I believe it can be worth more? Yeah, of course, otherwise I wouldn't put an offer in. But you have to take things on face value. And on the face value of it, what is the NWA today? You know, that's what you have to ask yourself. Um, but once again, it, it didn't happen. Um and, you know, he rejected the offer, which, once again, is his, his prerogative. Now, if he's rejecting the offers for the right reasons because he has all these plans, 
then that's great. And I hope we see these plans. And I hope we see it, you know, have a fantastic year in 2017. But if it stays the way it is, it needs help. It needs a lot of help. It needs structure. It needs one. It needs definitely needs finance. Um, and you can't go and hope one of the promoters will pay for something for you to do it for free. You know, right. you've got to lead by example at the top. You know. Now, now let, let me ask you a few questions um, because there's a few things that are on my mind. And, and yeah. listening to your story. You know, it you know, wouldn't it have been wouldn't hard have been for you hard before you joined the NWA to see how things were going. going. Uh, uh, did your, did your, when you signed up, when you up, tried to join with the, uh, with licensees, the uh, licensees, was your plan, was your plan to, to all along to try to build it up? Build or, it up or were you kind of uh, uh, unaware of how bad things really were? I was unaware. I joined for the collaborative. I joined genuinely believing, you know, from my for my business background, I'm, I genuinely wanted the collaborative effort. So I thought, you know, it's meant to be an alliance. Surely if I go into an alliance, there's going to be people that will be able to bounce ideas off and, and give me their experience, in, you know, in exchange for my enthusiasm and know-how this side of the pond. That was why I went in. It's the only reason why I went in. Um, one, and also the NWA name, I thought, hey, it might give us some credibility. I didn't know at the time there was a really small promotion in the UK called New Breed that was NWA. Um, yeah. Now, you know, and this isn't me blowing smoke up my own ass, but Fight Nation and New Breed is, is, you know, it's black and white, it's chalk and cheese. It's, you know, the difference of what we do, what they do even now, or what even we were trying to do back then and what we were putting out level-wise was so that's why I never heard of them, you know, because they were very, 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 very small fish um, in the British pond. Um, so yeah, I went in once. I thought I'd get that little bit of credibility with the NWA. So hey, you know, I'm ha- I'll bring people over. I'll bring the right champions over. That'd be great. You know, it'd be great to have an NWA World Championship match on a on a Fight Nation show. Um, so yeah, that was why I went in. But when I opened. You know, I opened that box and saw what was in there. It, it was a shock. Hmm. Now, with that being said, you made an offer uh, to Bruce two times. Both times he recanted. If he hears this podcast and, and comes to his senses and decides he would like to restart negotiations, at this point, are you still even interested in purchasing the NWA? That's a very, very, very interesting com- um, question to ask, Jay. Um, oh, it, it's tough. Now, I have, and I can share it with you offline, but I have a an 18-month strategy to what I would have done if I took over the NWA, starting from January 2017. I have a, I have a roadmap of what to do. I think any real business needs that. You need, right. you need your you need your business plan. You know, you can't go in just hoping to find someone who's going to find you money. It just doesn't right. work. You know, um, if any business was sitting there with zero in the bank, um, with no way of making money, they would sell that business. Um, would I buy it? Maybe. 
you know, but also, also, Jay, I don't dislike Bruce Farp. I don't dislike the person. I don't agree with his leadership in a sense that I don't think he's, I don't think he's using his best strengths in that, in running the company, in all truthness. Um, you know, would I, I would work with I would work with certain people within the NWA still. It's not like I would go see you later, you know, I don't want to work with you, you know. On the right in the right circumstances, I may even work with Bruce, you know. Um which um the amount of people slate the guy, it'd be tough, you know, but it is tough because any any guy at the front of any business and you know Obviously, I got called out my um, my dues by um by whoever that was on on that forum. Um, right. You know, any guy running the business, the front man, has to be respected to a certain level of degree. Okay. Um, yeah. When you when you kind of blur the lines, um, it's problematic. You know, for example. On a bigger scale of things, example using let's use um, Triple H as his Paul for an example. It's very very divided where Paul is the business guy. It's very clear he's the business guy, okay. And then right. on the flip side, on the television program, he is he can be Triple H when the time's right, right. okay. But everyone that clear divide is there. There's a line straight down the middle of it, and people know what that guy does. The problem you've got, and, and the problem Bruce has, and this is this is not an attack. This is just looking at it from an outsider's point of view. Is he is talking business deals one minute on his Facebook page, and the next minute he's talking about an angle with Damian Wayne and the Nature Boy Paulie. <laughs> you know, right? It's, it's blurring the lines, and what people do look. We all know that's an angle. Paul Lee thing's an angle. It's probably going to be a swerve. It's going to be something. Whatever. It's fine. Whatever they do with that is great. And I, I wish the promoter, I hope the promoter gets the crowd he wants. And I hope it goes incredibly well for them. But the way he's talking on his Facebook page, um, because there's a lot of fans on there, there's a lot of promoters on there, there's a lot of people in the business on there. It's, it's a little bit embarrassing. The guy I met and the guy I used to speak to a lot, if I could be in his ear, I'd be saying to him, Bruce, please don't do that. It's not good for your business. You know, know the boundaries. Let that shit play out on, on, the, on, the, on the YouTube videos, on the promotions page, on the NWA page. Don't let it play out on your own, your personal tweets. It makes, <laughs> it's like it, it's, it's you then. So who are, right. are you? Are you? Are, who are you? Are you Bruce Farp, the president, the guy who owns the company, who runs the company, who, apart from he can't progress it, he's a nice guy, or is he the Bruce Farp who wears the jackets and whatnot, and you know is a heel? You know, right? You can't kayfabe one minute and the next minute talk about oh it's great we just got a new NWA promotion. It just doesn't. It just doesn't feel right. And maybe I'm the only guy who thinks that. Maybe I'm out of touch. Maybe I have lost touch already. Maybe I don't know what's right for the wrestling business. But that's my opinion. And, um, 
you know, going back to the question, would I buy the NWA? Yeah, I would, but you wouldn't see me do that. Right. Well, and I think, uh, first of all, I first think all, you're not alone not in thinking alone that. that. Uh, at the very at least, the very I, least I, I agree with you. Agree with you. But um, um, join the message the board on alliance-wrestling.com with Chief Club. And you'll see, I mean, there's a lot of people who get on him for yeah. for that behavior. And, you know, in all honesty, um, as a character, I don't hate Bruce. You know, I don't no, really know no. him as a man. What I do know I'm not a particularly fond of, but as a character – I mean, the angle that's playing out with him and Damian Wayne and, you know, the fake nature boy and all that stuff. I, I mean, look, it, it's, to me, that's harmless. To it's me, fun. That is, it's fun. It, right. Um, but uh, but to, your, to your point, you know, when you blur the reality of business owner and performer, um, and really it's two different animals. I mean, I don't – I'm not expecting Damian Wayne to run the National Wrestling Alliance. Uh, I'm not expecting Jack Dane to run the NWA. Uh, I expect them to wrestle in the ring. And likewise, if you're the owner of the promotion, to your point, I mean, that there's bigger things to focus on than uh, an on-screen role. Oh, for sure. There's, there's, there's so many things that are, that are, you know, and I'm saying this from an outsider's point of view that knows a little bit what's going on on the inside. There's no plan. And that's a much bigger, a bigger topic of debate that he should be focusing on than this storyline. And it, look, I'm, I'm, I laugh. When I say it, I do laugh, I think it's funny. This Paul Lee guy, it, it, it's quite funny, okay? And look, if he can get the work being the nature boy, great, good for him. Um, but when you're, when you're sitting on a brand that has a lot of history, and I think the problem is, so many times we've talked about the history, oh, the history, the history, the history, oh, Ric Flair, Dusty Rose, rah, 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 rah. There's only so many times you can go back to that to the well. Let's right. talk about today. You know, Jack Stain was the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Jack Stain, in the last six months, through his Ring of Honor promos, the videos that were shot, I've been more interested in him then than I... And I, and I, told, I told Jack this to his face, so this isn't me talking shit about someone. I told him, I didn't think he was right as a champion because I didn't think he had a, had much in the locker. You know, I didn't think he was someone to hold, to carry the company because I never got to see his work because his work was never out there to be able to be seen. But right. these, these, these videos, I'm seeing a ring of one, I'm like, fuck me, this guy's intimidating. You know, sorry, excuse, excuse the swearing. I think I've dropped that F-bomb a few times. Um, Don't worry about but, it. But, you know, I look at him and go, Jesus, you know, that thing he just did with you know, the war machine. He looks the part. What happened? And I'll tell you what happened. It's called focus. Jax has a goal and Ring of Honor want to work with him. He wants to prove himself and he's got the resources to prove himself. He was never pushed or pushed to focus or pushed to do stuff or no one within pushed that side of him to the point that he would impress. And that is... Is a massive, massive mistake. And I mean, uh, just kind of jumping around here, it's obvious that you're putting your mouth, or I'm sorry, you're putting your money where your mouth is because you've already booked jacks for your show uh, when Fight Nation comes to New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, and 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 I'll be honest with you, that was off the back of that first primary video. When I saw that, 
I was just like, I want to work with Jax. I want Jax to come to the UK. And we're talking mm. about that. We're talking about that at the moment. Um, finding, finding a good time for him to come over. Not just to work for me. I want him to work for everyone. I want him to come over and experience right. it. You know, uh, another thing that people might not, might not see, you know, whilst, yeah, there's promotion, promotions in the UK, yeah, we, we're fighting for our market share. And, you know, it's going to be a bit of a crazy year with the, such the focus on British wrestling. But the, the guys... The guys kind of at the top. We we try and work together. You know, Timothy Thatcher for a great example. You know, a few of us have got got Thatcher on on shows from this month and next, and we work together to make sure he he's he costs are covered as a collaborative effort. If you know what I mean. Right. So there is it's kind of a weird. I wouldn't say it's an alliance because I'm sure we all want to do better than each other, but you know we're out there. You know we're friendly enough. And we, you know, and and that's the type of the help that the NWA should be giving each other. They should be going, right. fuck, you know, Bruce should be going in and going. I'm just going to give you an example, and this is this is, you know, I, I think the time's passed on this, but when when Cody was hot with his list, when he came out of the list and he left WWE, do you know what I would have got done if I was Bruce? I would have made a call, and I would have agreed a deal with him to do ten dates or whatever amount of dates for X amount of cash. And a bulk deal, put a little bit of finance from the NWA and then set the rest around around the alliance. And I would have had Cody do a little run with the title. Imagine the buzz he would have got off that. Absolutely. You know, and the crazy thing about it is, you know, I can only say from my perspective and from the message board that, you know, is on alliance-wrestling.com, you know, diehard NWA fans were clamoring for it. Hey, Cody's available. Why isn't he on a show? Why isn't he being booked by the NWA? And I, I'm sure, it, you know, it's, it's cost-prohibited for most promoters. But, again, this is the time when if you're in an alliance, this is what you're hoping for. You, you, you pull your resources to get this talent, to bring this talent into your town, to pop the crowd, to to get get Tom, Dick, and Harry, who don't normally go to indie shows, to your indie show, to your small arena wrestling show. Hey, Cody Rhodes six months ago was on WWE programming, and now he's here in this city or that city. And that's what's going to draw an audience in. I mean, to to the point, Jack Stane is a hell of a guy. I've spoken to him. He's been on this podcast. Uh, I've talked to him on the phone. He's a great guy. And to your point, he is so damn intimidating. He's such a big dude. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, just by putting him on a poster, you're not gonna you're, you're not gonna draw the, the WWE fan in. You're not gonna draw the casual wrestling fan in. But by putting a Cody Rose or an Alberto Del Rio or somebody on that level, you're going to attract uh, you know mainstream fans to the point where. Just my own reference as a, a fan of the WWE in the late 90s, what got me to my second indie show was the Hardy Boys. Yeah. The Hardy Boys were going to be at UPW, which uh, I didn't know at the time, but was somewhat of a developmental fed out here in Southern California. And they had the Hardy Boys take on Frankie Kazarian and, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Chris Daniels? No, no. Chris Daniels was there, and he actually ended up wrestling RVD on another card. Um, 
he he used to wrestle in the WWE uh, as Simon Dean, I think. And uh, yeah, well, he was a uh, gosh, I can't think of his name. He was an ECW guy, Nova, 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 yeah, Supernova, Frankie yeah. Kazarian, yeah, Frankie Kazarian and Nova versus the Hardys. A hell of a match. It was a great match. And uh, yeah. it, you know, it's just. Uh, that's what got me into indie wrestling. And, you know, again, I'm not everybody, but, you know, that got me to one show. That got me to two shows. And that got me going to 10 shows a year and then 12 shows a year. And then next thing I know, I'm running a, a website based on Southern California professional wrestling, all based on one show. No, so, yeah, I exactly. mean, that does happen. That does. And, you know, but at the same point, I, I get the philosophy of building your own guys. I get it. And it does make sense on a regional level. It does, you know, having your top guys that draw in your town makes total, total sense. But if you're running a national, international product, you've got to have more than that, you know, and you can't step your guys up without them having a platform to step up to. And you need to create that platform. You need to, you need to spike interest. So, right. hey, for example, you know, it's, it's booking 101. And also, I don't want to, I don't want to seem like, I'm here to do you know, the way I would book the, the World Cup because that's irrelevant, really, because without the business, right. it's irrelevant. But, you know, Cody come in and winning a world title is wrestling blog and the website, the dirt shit, it's news. Everyone would talk about it. He's just right. won the title, he's dead one. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a news where it's worth the money in itself. Right. The publicity, you know, the, the draw know. from the local crowd. Um, but just having uh, major wrestling sites start paying attention to you again. I mean, PW Insider isn't really covering the National Wrestling Alliance. They just they just aren't. There's nothing um, to there cover. isn't a demand for it. Exactly. You know, uh, I, you, know, you, what, you know, I'll give yeah. you an example of regional and great. Smoky Mountain, Tony, is a great regional product. And, like, he draws, he's, he draws great crowds. And he has people that are people invested into. You know, I see they've got the Chase Owens, Kincaid match happening next weekend you know for the last time ever that's something that that, that crowd is invested in if you know what I mean you know right. but you to go to that next level you definitely need a hook and if no one's talking about you you can't there is no hook you know for example you know with, with Fight Nation I used to be pissed because no one would talk about us ever I'd be like put on these great shows like why is no one talking about us and then um, a guy Alan here who writes for the Wrestling Observer, was like, why haven't I seen your stuff before? This is, you know, I really like it. And he started writing about us every week in on the Wrestling Observer. And, you know, and, and that starts other people talking, other people wanting to write about us. Um, right. You know, and it's great, it's great, you know, but then you've got to keep maintaining it. You've got to maintain, you've got to give them reasons to write about you. Um, right. And not to just mock you, you know, this. I get the angle with this poorly thing, but it, it, people are looking at it. If people, you know, from the wrestling point, of, wrestling fan point of view, I don't think they see what the payoff is yet, and they will obviously tomorrow night. Um, but they just see it as a mockery. They're seeing it as a as a mockery, and that's great for grateful. I don't know for for whatever they're trying to achieve, but why would why would PW Insider? pick up about that story and also you have to and, and I've learned this a lot don't overhype if, you, if it's not true don't, don't overhype 
and under deliver. You know, that right. video was not the hottest video on the internet. It wasn't. <laughs> so don't say it. Just pull it out there. Be humble. You know, be humble about your shit. People, people gravitate to that. So let's change gears here a little bit. Um, we talked about your interest waning and maybe not so waning about purchasing the NWA, but you did kind of step up and you bought a piece of NWA history. Yes. Uh, you did buy the Parade of Championship, uh, the Parade of Champions, excuse me, that mm-hmm. was uh, during WrestleMania weekend. Now, what were your plans for that? I mean, you and I joked around when it first happened that we were going to run it exclusively on, on the website, but uh, what was your long-term plan with that? Why, why are you acquiring uh, the library of some of the NWA promotions? Um, well, and, you know, back to David Fuller, you know, huge, um, he dealt with that very professionally. Um, he's obviously been going through an incredibly hard time. Um, as of late, and you know, my thoughts go out to him and his family for this hard time um, that he's going through. Um, his father did pass away, which I did mention earlier on the on the podcast. Yeah, but um, I, the reason why I did it is me and David, we um, like I said, we kind of meant mended the bridges as such that were broken because um, we had very similar ideas as well. We, our ideas were very, very close, but it was jaded over the stress of Parade of Champions. Now, when we mended those bridges, I felt like, I, say I felt I owed him something, but at the same time, the opportunity came up to, to, to purchase it, um, and I felt it was right to do so. Um, I wanted to help him out, and it fed into my plans. So, for example, you know, why did I purchase Parade of Champions? It wasn't to piss anyone off. It wasn't to get under Bruce's skin or, or anything like that. It was simply because it's not the, it's the, it was the first, but it's not the last library or promotion that I purchased, purchased to um, purchase ownership of. So um, the idea is, it's a bit of an insight to what, what I'm doing, but these distribution deals that have come up in the last month or so kind of have unfortunately you know kind of put me off row of what I wanted to do so what I want to do is I want to create a platform where you can watch some incredible history wrestling history you know and wrestling and and wrestling present and future on a platform on an on-demand service you know, for example, you can get a Roku, you know, you can get yourself on Roku within six weeks. It doesn't take forever to get on Roku. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It doesn't. It's, it's a fact. You know, it's, you know, Pivot Share. Anyone wants to check Pivot Share up or get in touch with Pivot Share and wants their own Roku channel, hit those guys up. They're pretty quick. Um, that was the idea is to create a, a, a wrestling channel. Now, with this distribution situation, what I'm acquiring may sit into one of those deals. So it may affect what my in, in, initial plan was, but it still won't be out there to the public. Now, with NWA Premier Champions, how I would, you know what? Why don't we put it on the website for free for one week? Why not? Let's do it, you know? Um, because it's, those are the guys that you know, are desperate to see it because they didn't get to see it at the start. Now, 
I acquired particular one for the reasons with with, with David Fuller, but you know I, I have I have been in discussions with others. Did I lose you there? I don't know. Did you? It, I it went dead on me for a minute. I don't know if uh, if if the podcast picked up on it, but uh, just go ahead and in case it did, uh, just say what you just said again. Sorry. Yeah. So um, you know, I where did you get to? Did you did I talk about the distribution deals? Yeah, you're talking about distribution deals. Uh, you talked about uh purchasing the Predator Champions. Um. And you were talking about how uh, the one course actually kind of changed because of a new deal that you might be doing, but you're still looking at uh, other distrib or um, you're still looking at other avenues for your distribution. Yeah, yeah. So I've obviously got these two distribution deals. I wanted to set up a wrestling channel, my own kind of online content of all the promotions and all the libraries that we buy and current promotions that would participate in it also. Um, including Foundation New York and a couple of other states like that, one in Texas and one in Florida, um, one in Nashville that I'm, I was talking to. Now, with this distribution situation, I don't know whether that's going to go forward in that context, but it will play a part mm-hmm. in the new deal that I do. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, for example, last week we announced the, the purchase of a UK promotion called Triple X. Right, and I was just getting ready to ask you about that, so I'm glad you, you got to it. Yeah, so Triple X um, ran from 2006 to 2016. Um, the likes we see from the WWE UK tournament, from like, you know, you would see the growth of Mark Andrews, um, Pete Dunn, Tyler Bay, um, all in that promotion. Um, you know, that, that's some classic matches. One was Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr., uh, which was heavily referenced on the Cruiserweight Classic, part of that library. And um, there's some great Sack Sabre Jr. matches on there too. We've got you know matches with Loki, Sabu. Um, the content, the content is skewed at an old audience. Guessing the name Triple X kind of gives it away. Um, right. But we'll be using that history to to launch a new side Fight Nation promotion, which is aimed at the 18 plus market called Project X. Um, okay. So we're we will be using the history of Triple X, and you will see a lot of the Triple X guys in Project X, and it will be a nice hybrid between Triple X and Fight Nation, uh, both values going into this new Project X thing. So it's um it's exciting times, you know. There's like I said, there's ten years worth of of footage there. Um, right. A lot that hasn't been hasn't been actually edited, which is crazy. So um, yeah, we're going to be digging into those archives and um, reproducing a lot of those things to, to get out to the public. So then how does all this tie together with uh, your involvement in the United Wrestling Network? I mean, uh, for those who don't know the story, after you left the NWA, it wasn't long before you announced a partnership with uh, David Marquez in the United Wrestling yep. Network. And uh, right away, Fight Nation was first, and, and obviously Fight Nation New York is a part of this. How does your future goals for Fight Nation coincide with the United Wrestling Network and tell me a little bit about uh, what made you decide to join the, the new network. Well, I decided to join for the sole reason of like I said from the start, never stop learning. And the way 
David was very open-armed and you know, you know explained areas of, of production that I didn't understand. I felt that was, I learned, I got so much more out of 10 minutes talking to David than I got in my, my initial period in the NWA. Um, you know, when I say that, I, it's not a knock on the NWA guys, but it just advanced my thinking a lot more. And it's kind of started tying up a few purposes of where I wanted to go. Now, where does this leave me with United? We're, we're still with United. Um, you know, CCW are part of United. You know, obviously, you know, DJ Hyde. Um, there's a lot of other promotions there. A few guys that were former NWA. You know, for example, Main Event is is a United member, Mark Fawn, um, and, and many others. Um, Carmen as well. Carmen's new promotion in Oklahoma City. That's a member of United. And um, the brief is to to try and bring everyone to a level where we can, where everyone can benefit from television production, and everyone can kind of collaborate in a bigger way. You know, everyone that's part of United has done it or done something to a degree. And you know, where you know, I was only speaking to DJ the other day, and you know, his experience in, in what he does. You know, it's a massive resource of learning. You know, people see CCW as a certain thing. If you pick that guy's brain, boy, oh boy, there's, there's a lot of knowledge there. You know, like go back to Marquez again, you know, back to the television production. You know, people sitting with him and seeing what he does and, and him using that resource for others is fantastic. You know, United has taken David a lot of time to get to a point where it can move forward. And that's because it's just not had the right mix of partners that are involved. And right. I think he might be there now, you know. I don't want to speak too soon, but it's definitely at a point where it can move forward. Well, you know, uh, because of my association with Dave, I'm always uh, terribly optimistic about what he's doing. And I do see it. It feels like he's closer now than he's ever been, for sure. And, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of big projects coming up for him that will impact the United Wrestling Network. Uh, but what will fight? How will Fight Nation impact United Wrestling Network? Hopefully, positively. <laughs> um, <laughs> we just got to keep putting out great content. You know, great content that people want to see and people want to talk about. That's how you know how we can positively affect anything. You know, we also a resource into Europe, uh, into the European market. You know, like we kind of like we like we should have been for the NWA. Um, this is a growing market. British wrestling right now, you know, I know you're American, I, you know, you're over that side of the pond, but British wrestling right now is incredibly hot. And if we can use that rub that we're creating over here to benefit not only Fight Nation, but United and the guys over in, in the United Network, then great, you know. I want to make it clear, I am not a selfish human being. I don't want everything for myself. You can't, not, you know, one man is an island. If, for example, right. if I brought the NWA, do you think I'd just be able to run it myself? Absolutely not. Instead of letting people just be part of it and, and it be a, a kind of, you know, I don't know, a free job on the side, you're going to have to hire decent people to get anything to where you need it to be. 
you know so right. you know make it clear that if i ever if i did if i if i was successful purchasing the nwa back when i made the offer there were people that have been hired to do jobs you know because one man can definitely definitely not do it even fight nation you know we're a small indie promotion but i i have an office <laughs> you know it's not right it's not a couple of guys that do it as a, ho- a hobby at the weekend. One guy's in the office five days a week working on Fight Nation stuff alongside right. me. You know, it's, I treat everything like a business. And I'm hoping, you know, people seeing that type of investment into something and seeing the actual growth. Because if you look at Fight Nation, we have grown. Um, you know, from the houses that we were drawing to the houses we're drawing now to, you know, the outreach of the, pro- you know, the outreach of the of the of the actual product to you know where the you know the level of talent that have come through you know for example you look at the the NWA British Championship final that was Marty Skell versus Will Ospreay now look at the years that look at the two years those guys have had right they've huge, had teachers the huge right. international stars you know right so people are respecting that we have got the finger you know our fingers on the pulse you know I mentioned Chris Ridgeway to you. I'm hoping in a year's time you go back, you turn around to me and go, oh my God, that guy is killing it in a, across the world. You know, Ryan Smile, another guy who's going to do fantastic. You know, a young, you know, another guy, Sid Scarlett, incredible entertainer. You know, these are the guys that are the stars of tomorrow that we're trying to help groom today and not on our own. We're not taking full credit for it, but we, we will play our part. So we are a... <laughs> Believe it or not, we are running out of time. The 90 minutes wow. seem to fly today. Um, but let's let's talk real quick before the show ends. Let's talk about um, the upcoming events. Uh, obviously, this weekend you've got a big uh, a big uh, series of events. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that real quick. Okay. Yeah. So the so next weekend we have 10th of February, which is Chapter Three, the start of the third year of fight. Um, that is a double headline of a double main event with the British title on the line between Mark Andrews and Chris Ridgeway. Um, both undefeated in Fight Nation, so it should be a great contest. The the other match we mentioned earlier, which is PJ Black versus Timothy Thatcher, we only have six tickets available for that show, so I'll give the link at the end. You know, if you want to be there and you're listening in the UK, or you even want to fly in for that incredible lineup, you should. Um, the next night we have Mark Andrews versus PJ Black. So if Mark's successful the night before, it will be a British title match. Um, on that same card, we have two Sedfuls first round matches. Um, and we also have Joseph Connors from the WWE UK tournament taking on um, a guy called Adam Maxted, who was on an ITV reality TV show, who in the last year, his dedication to wrestling and to learn is bar none. The kid has become an absolute student of the game. Um, and I'm expecting big things for him. Check out Adam Maxted and see the condition this kid's in. He looks like a star now. Um, and then on the third night, we have PJ Black taking on Chris Ridgeway. Um, and we also have a repeat. The third time they're ever fighting, we have Mark Andrews versus Joseph Connors. Um, so... Currently in Fight Nation, Mark's 1-0. Um, he also did win that quarterfinal at WWE um, UK tournament. So Joe's looking for revenge in that match. 
Um, so you can buy tickets for all three of those events um, at fightnation.bigcartel.com. Um, available now. They are limited. We're selling incredibly well for those shows. Um, and hopefully we have free sell-out shows that weekend. Um, and do you want me to talk about Fight Nation New York quickly? Yeah, uh, Fight Nation New York, right? That's coming yeah. up March 18th. March 18th, yeah, in Queens. At Le, at Le, I'll say this wrong all the time. I think it's Laboon, which is where um, Evolve um, shoot, you know, shoot some of their shows when they're in town too. So on that card, we have Chris Ridgeway versus Martin Stone, also known as um, Birchall in WWE UK tournament. Um, we also have on that card, Leo Rush, who will be facing the, the winner of the said Force Championship in a title match. Um, Jack Stain will be making his debut for us there too. We also have a couple other guys that we'll, we can't talk about yet, but some big names that we're looking to announce. Um, but yeah, the idea is to take that mix with a bit of New York attitude and take some of the best wrestlers across the States into the show. So that's the, that's the kind of blend we're looking for. It has got a real heavy Brit theme to it. But hey, you know, we're launching Fight Nation. It's from Britain. We should really be bringing that, bringing what we we do in the UK so well over to over to New York to start with. Hey, and it, I mean, those guys that are on the card, um, some that aren't uh, more well known in the states, but uh, Leo Rush has a huge following, and he looks like he's going to be a, a pretty big deal. So for him to be on your card, that should be really a a fun match, and it should be very interesting. Absolutely, and and Leo. We will have Leo in the UK as well. He's um he's a fantastic talent, and like we're talking about breakout years, this is going to be his big year too. Well, it sounds like there is so much stuff happening right now for Fight Nation. Uh, not only in terms of just uh, the promotion, but the distribution deals and everything else that's happening. You know, I I wish you nothing but the. Uh, success and prosperity here in 2017 um it looks like you're already on your way to both so uh, i, I want to thank you again for uh coming on the show and staying up past midnight billy i appreciate it <laughs> no no thank you for inviting me and you know it's been fun and you know like the same you know going back to the nwa i really do hope they have a great year um and you know i wish them nothing but the best that's for sure well, that's uh, that's pretty great. Um, and again, for fans who want to keep up with Fight Nation, again, you can go to their website, uh, which is uh, fightnationonline.com. Yeah. Um, they're also, uh, for the Fight Nation New York, you can find them on, uh, I believe it's on Twitter, uh, Fight Nation yeah, yeah, NY. Yeah, yeah so um, for, for Fight Nation New York, it's facebook.com slash Fight Nation NY and twitter.com Fight Nation NY. For the UK promotion, it, um, Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook, it is Fight Nation UK. And the very same for Twitter, Fight Nation UK. So, um, yeah, follow us. Check us out. You know, um, we, um, we, have a, we have a great library that you can get your hands on, um, on our Vimeo page. And, um, yeah, you know, I hope um, to see some of the UK guys who may listen to this at the shows and any of the American guys who... Um, like to check out stuff I'll, I'll you know reach out drop us a message and then we'll, we'll get you there and again we'll we'll be trying to cover these promotions and these upcoming events 
as, uh, as much as we can here at alliance-wrestling.com. Uh, again, I want to thank you for being on the show today, Billy. Uh, best of luck to you, and we'll, uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you very much, and have a great day because I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good night. <laughs> Take care. So that was uh, Billy Wood, and uh, I don't know. This podcast felt pretty good, guys, uh, much better than yesterday's. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but uh, if you liked it, uh, leave us a comment here on Blog Talk Radio or on uh, alliance-wrestling.com or heck, even head to our forums and uh, post a comment telling us whether you liked us, hate us, or, uh, or uh, you know, anything. Uh, this has been a presentation of alliance-wrestling.com, the Alliance Guys podcast. I don't know when we're coming back, but hey, maybe it'll be sooner than later. It'll be better than four years, right? Everyone out there, love each other. Take care. Bye now. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory.